The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures trying to go green on this first day of February and coming on the heels of a strong two-day rally. Nasdaq's up almost 9% from the January 24 low. Lots of earnings and, of course, Google, AMD, Starbucks on the way tonight. Our roadmap begins with signs of a muted start to the new month after closing out the worst month since the start of the pandemic. Plus, AT&T, it's slashing its dividend payout, divesting its Warner Media division after the Discovery deal closes. A lot of important details here that we will dig into and explain. And as for earnings, well, we got Exxon, UPS, NXP all crossing the tape, and Alphabet General Motors, Starbucks, and as Carl said, AMD also on tap for later today. So we got that 90% upside volume day yesterday, best NASDAQ day since April of 2020. People still think this was a violent rip in what is a longer-term downward move. Well, I think that we got very negative. And I think that we can stay negative on some parts. I mean, I see some what I call rear guard analyst action coming back to these companies that don't have any revenues, don't have any earnings, sell the 50 times sales. Forget that. This is your chance to free yourself of those companies. They're all up. Take advantage of it. Focus on companies that make things for a profit. OK, and and don't really are not overwhelmed by supply chain. Or are doing something to augment something. Mean, I spent a lot of time on 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 uh, Stanley Black and Decker. They had terrible supply chain issues, uh, but they still managed to make the numbers. They passed on a lot of the costs. So you're trying to figure out what happens if supply chain issues get better. And the reason I mentioned that is Eurozone factory growth accelerated in January. Supply chain issues got better. That's a five month high. Yes. Now, I mean, some people say, well, then just go buy Europe. No, I, I'm, could that be a precursor? I thought, Carl, that was like the most positive thing I've read. They are getting past their problems. Uh, now you got UPS with margin guidance better than last year's, Jim, despite yeah. all of the labor uh, shortage Carol problems Tomei that we know about. Got a hand it to her, totally delivered, is really not moving any packages, David, unless they make money on them. You focus on small, medium-sized business. The gross margins here are incredible. Kind of reminds the, me of uh, what you what you've said about Ford, which is they actually don't want to sell automobiles in markets where they make well, no money. That's either. why UPS and Ford are huge positions for my charitable trust and for the club. And I, I've got to tell you, forty nine percent increase in dividend, in dividend. So you almost get a three percent. This is a turn of phenomenal proportions by a one one great executive. Used to be the CFO of Home Depot. Right. Real turn. You have been uh, you've been a fan, a champion. Yes, you have. And I tell you, know, I do my videos at ten twenty, and I was very unsure of most companies, except for United Parcel and Ford. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. You know, I like there's a lot of companies I like, but UPS has been a, a big, big. Uh, let's say I liked it in the low one hundreds, just because Tomei came on Mad Money and said, "I'm done selling. I'm done moving packages that I lose money on." It's like, well, wow. Doing more with less. The previous management didn't have that approach then. I'm not quite sure no. what I'm missing here. I'm, 
I vowed to be really nice they today. They also did, but didn't previous management did upgrade a great deal of technology. The, the technology. Mr. Adney, Mr. Adney got one of those hands. It's like I was out with a, an executive. David Adney, the, right. Yeah, I was out with an executive in the food, one of the largest food companies in the world. I mean, the amount of direct-to-consumer they do shocks you. Yeah. I mean, so I'm sure it shocked Mr. Abney. But Carol Tomei shocked by nothing. As having seen so much at Home Depot, she just was unfazed. And look at that. And giving back the big dividend, I just love that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's treat. like, David, if the only thing as bad as we're going to cutting a dividend is <laughs> you know, you've got money you have a, a raise, there. you have a raised dividend david yeah. i got to tell you if someone were to cut the dividend in this yeah. environment i would sell that company nine ways a sunday and i'd buy put carol we are going to talk about at what you, uh, what extensively uh, in a little bit a few minutes same we'll take a commercial 59, break after the 59 percent bump yeah what well carol tomato bumped the 49 percent bump right. the dividend but, is you, AT, by the way, this do you is have one that we cut, knew where their dividend would come oh, in, okay, in terms of the no overall problem. payout when There's it no is problem. a uh, fully separated company from its Warner Media assets. Okay, but how about we move on to a company that still has a, a dividend yield of about four point six percent? That's judging from today, Exxon Mobil. I was also impressed out with earnings. Darren Woods on uh, again with Becky this morning. Wasn't that a good um, a good discussion? We've too? known that they're going to generate a lot of cash, but forty eight right. billion in cash flow from operations, the highest mm. level since two thousand twelve. Buying back stock again. Remember, yeah. you said just well. There was a, by the way, we talked about the dividend. What? Sorry to touch you. Sorry, sorry. Um, uh, it wasn't that long ago people were questioning whether the dividend was sustainable. And whether it be a dividend aristocrat. Remember, they bumped it by a penny to stay an aristocrat. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike Worth is he feeling it? Is he fueling the competition yet? Because BP and Royal Dutch have not really, you know, they're, they're very ESG. And is Exxon, how's, yeah, how's Exxon ESG since they elected the, uh, the Sierra Club there on the board there? With the, uh, They've the got some very significant members of their board who are focused on the uh, transformation. And, Anyone uh, focused on getting them? on that board? I think so. Well, anybody who owns the stock on that board is happy that because uh, look at that move. Look at um, the move in know, the stock David, price. And that, by the way, I, I is not over- because of their ESG efforts. I could uh, overlay the price of oil. You know, they look yeah. very similar. They do. You still, you just still want to only give props to CVX. You just, I mean, to uh, no. To I've got another one that I'm you working can't help on. Yourself. I've got another one I'm working on that I'm going to reveal tomorrow that I think is the next big thing in the world. Really? Well, let's take a listen to Darren Woods, who was uh, who is the CEO of ExxonMobil and was a guest on Squawk on the uh, Squawk Box, excuse me, earlier this morning. The market's been a, a big help with respect to uh, our our earnings performance, but more importantly and more fundamentally, it's the work that we've been doing back from 2018 through 2019 with the significant organizational changes that we've made, and then moving into 2020 with the cost reductions. Uh, and then 2021, those, those trends uh, continued. We cut uh, structural costs by almost $2 billion in 2021. That was on top of the structural cost reductions that we made in 2020 of $3 billion. So in total across that time frame, $5 billion of structural cost improvements. And the new organization have helped us get a better line of sight to the markets. We've become more effective, and you're seeing that manifest itself in our earnings performance. Don't forget the first round of new directors that they got. Remember, um, Angelakis, Oven, oh, tough guy. I'm um, forgetting. They were very focused on cost. Yes. It wasn't necessarily all, it, you know, ESG is important. It was but the five, second round that was much more focused okay, on ESG five, from Engine One. But five they've billion? reduced cost a lot. What yeah. did they have that they could cut out $5 billion? A lot. It's not just the second plant that he cut out. Remember, you No, and plant? they're consolidating now. They're, uh, they're, they're moving. moving to Houston. Yeah. I don't know, Carl, when I see a company like this do this, 
what it says to me is, look back two years ago, and you were worried about Exxon. And it just shows you, boom, it's a reminder that they're, they're capitalism. Don't give up on capitalism. Don't give up on stocks. I mean, because that was the stock that everybody used to own. You know, you go in when I was at Goldman Sachs. Well, what do you like? Exxon. Really? What else? Exxon. Yep. Because uh, you never went wrong. Basically, not even at 05, 06, it was still the lar- one of the largest, co- if not in the largest market cap. 2013, it was the largest company on earth. Thank, and had the largest revenue number, yeah. or right up there with Walmart. Yeah, I know. But we didn't get a, a bump in CapEx guidance. Uh, they're looking for 21 to 24, prior 20 to 25, so a narrowing. Uh, right. Would you want to see more of that, or is capital return more important right now? Uh, right now, capital return. Uh, I don't want companies to, I want companies to get much more out of every rig that they drill, which is something, by the way, that we're getting uh, from Devon, where you're seeing that they're drilling, David, the machines, that they're they're using half the machines and getting more output. This industry has really gotten technological. It's a very smart industry. Devon might be a buyer. Meanwhile, uh, you got OPEC Plus tomorrow. Right. There is some chatter about maybe a faster pace of uh, production hikes. Maybe that's why Brent's below 90 today. Could be. And then what, what's going in? Look, we know that the, so, the, the Iranians are quietly talking about making a deal. And if, they, if the sanctions are lifted, then they can produce. I had a chartist last night, Carly Garner, talking about oil very quickly dropping to 70. I don't know if that's possible because I think the, there's so much of the economy is good. But we, we also, have to watch I mean, China. And we got to watch Ukraine, too. Now, I know that's about natural gas to some extent. But if there is yeah. an, a, a Russian invasion, there's a lot of different things well, that will be on do the table when, in terms do of when, energy. When Johnson's there, right? Boris Johnson. Johnson? No, they won't do it they, while he's He in the should country. stay there for a couple of weeks. Got a number of uh, NATO members, uh, their prime ministers or presidents, visiting so, Ukraine, yeah. Don't you think it's interesting? I mean, there is a great movie right now called Munich. It's on Netflix. But the, it, there's a moment where this is where the great appeasement where Chamberlain goes and gives in everything to her, Hitler. And one of the younger people says, aren't you going to speak to the government of Czechoslovakia? Uh, uh, of democratic, democratically elected President Benes. And uh, there, this time... Britain's not making that same mistake. They're actually going to speak to Zelensky before they sell him out. No, I don't think they will. You know, I don't well, know. I don't know. I, All I'm saying is, is that there's I know questions that, about the Germans and their well, their willingness to sustain what might well, they, be a they, significant cutback in their ability to have natural gas. You're talking about 50. Boy, the stories that are coming out. It reminds me of that movie Air, Airplane. I sure picked the wrong time to decommission all my glue. nuclear. I picked the wrong <laughs> time to decommission all my, all my nuclear plants. plants. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they are petting. Someone called them the other day a client state of picked the Russia. wrong time to stop my nuclear energy. Yeah. Great job. Uh, it's a very tough situation, and as David says, a lot of markets pivoting around the outcome, that's for sure, including wheat and some others. Uh, when we take a break here, shares of AT&T, as we said, under pressure. Company planning to slash the dividend, spin off WarnerMedia after their discovery deal closes. Get lots of details on that. Shares down about 6%. As we do see futures trying to hang on to green here as we kick off February. Don't go anywhere. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? 
Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, welcome back. Investors have had a few hours at least to digest the news from AT&T out this morning of how it's going to divest its Warner Media holdings. It's going to be through 100% spin. Now, some of that may not be a big surprise based on uh, comments that we had from an interview with uh, AT&T CEO John Stanky last week. We'll get to that in a minute. But as for the specifics of this and why it's important, well, a lot of different things to go over with you here. Um, what you're going to get now if you're an AT&T shareholder is 024 shares of Warner Brothers Discovery for each share of AT&T. Uh, now, we already knew AT&T's own current share owners are going to own 71% of, of the new co, that being Warner Brothers Discovery, which, by the way, has 700 million shares out now, but is going to have another 1.7 billion shares into the market, uh, or at least existing. AT&T already, we knew, going to get 43 billion in proceeds. We know when the close is. But some of the things we didn't know, we didn't know exactly how much they were going to spend on the dividend once they are separated. We don't, do know now it's going to be $8 billion a year, and that's going to equate to a buck eleven a share. That's, you do $8 billion over roughly 7.2 billion shares out, you get your buck eleven a share. And we also now see that, well, they're not going to be buying back stock because it's not an exchange offer in any way, shape, or form, but they will potentially buy back stock once their uh, debt-to-EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, gets below two and a half times, maybe by the end of 2023. So what's the disappointment? Why did we see it last week as well? Well, there had been an expectation perhaps in some way that there would be a split or at least a combination split and spin. What is a split? It's an exchange offer whereby AT&T comes to you and says, OK, we'll give you Discovery shares at some sort of discount if you give us your AT&T shares. And what do you do with that? You retire those shares. It's an enormous buyback. Now, AT&T will tell you, listen, there'd been no precedent for an exchange offer of this type. It would have been over $40 billion. By the way, think about how big a buyback that would have been for AT&T. That would have vastly reduced their share count, uh, significantly increased the overall dividend yield given fewer shares outstanding. But they thought, you know what, to do this, we're going to have to offer a discount that would be even, even in excess of what you typically see in exchange offers like this, which is maybe 10 to 12 percent. In speaking of the CFO, Pascal DeRoches, last night, he indicated, no, you know what? It could be as much as uh, more than 12 percent. That's just not a road we want to go down. We don't want to be in a position where we are rewarding risk arbitrageurs or institutional holders who are more sophisticated than the retail holders, perhaps, and therefore going to buy AT&T shares and benefit from that discount by knowing that they should participate in the exchange offer. There's also the risk that they wouldn't actually fulfill the exchange offer. What would that have looked like for the company if, in fact, um, they had not fully subscribed the exchange offer? So that was also a concern. In fact, uh, John Stanky last week in our interview did point to what he saw as potential execution risk, giving a strong sign to the market that 100 percent spin was a likelihood. 
it is a very, very large split. It's unparalleled in terms of anything that's been done ever in history. And you know that certainly gives me some pause. And we have a very large retail base in the AT&T stock right now as well. And that retail base sometimes isn't quite as deep in some of these issues as the institutional base is. And so I'm very mindful of the fact that whatever we decide to do, it has to be something that can be clearly communicated so that there isn't confusion in the marketplace and a lot of people carping. Now, critics would say, you know what, optimizing the company's capital structure is the key thing you should be thinking about, and this is not necessarily the best way to go about that. Others will say, listen, if you were to do a $40 billion exchange offer, yeah, you'd buy back a lot, but you give up $4 billion at least in discount, maybe more. That's not smart either. Jim, um, the market already, as I said, given those comments from Stanky last week, got a good sense that this would be the way it went. But there really had been a hope and expectation that there would be some sort of an exchange offer, perhaps a combination, that would result in a significant retirement of AT&T shares. Not going to happen, at least not until the end of 23, right. as they indicate, right. when they potentially can buy back stock. Well, I, mean, I, I think that there's always a hope that there's going to be an un, under, you know, be an under promise and then an over deliver. Uh, your interview, uh, should have been the clarion call because it was even more clear than the conference call, the earnings conference call. Uh, there are people who just, I, I'm actually thinking about discovery here. I think, yeah. does that make discovery in any way more interesting? Well, it may. You're going to deal with an enormous issue of what we call flowback. In other words, you're going to have all these uh, retail investors, 50% of their shareholder base is retail, for example, who are suddenly going to own a lot of discovery shares. Right. And will they want to own it? Well, won't they? They're, you know, there's very different profiles for these two companies. And again, it's 1.7 billion new shares of Discovery. So how long oh, is it going to geez, take for that so to, to find oh. a home where then you no. know oh. that when you're buying Discovery, you're not facing enormous selling pressure? So that's an issue for Discovery. That's why you're seeing the stock down again today. At least it would appear that it's going to be down because it's got 700 million shares out now. Let's add roughly, we don't know exact, exact terms, so let's call it 1.7 billion new shares. They got to find a home. David Zaslav is very good at, uh, at marketing. I have no doubt he'll be able to convince a lot of people, but he may have to go home to home to, to, to do that. Right. Um, and then on the he other might side, do that. be careful. I know. It was then, literally me last uh, we week. I was like, hey, yeah, and then on the other side, you've got a company that was, has, will have reduced its dividend payout a year from 15 billion to 8 billion. Remember, it told us 8 to 9 billion is right. going with right. the low end of the range. It is now saying that's still roughly 40% of free cash flow for Nuco, but they will have over 20 billion in free cash flow after dividend payments to reinvest in their business to make it have more of a growth profile. Well, now, Verizon's and, buying back T-Mobile recommendation today. Would you, I mean, I'm playing, I'm desperately trying to play devil's advocate here. Is there, yeah. maybe there's something here. Uh, is there remorse, by the way, about what happened? Or did they just say, listen, we didn't have anything to do with it? No, I don't, I don't think there's any remorse. I think, I mean, again, you heard it from management, going that exchange offer route, despite the fact that they did consider it right. at length, was simply too complex a structure and one that really would have, they felt, disadvantaged many of their shareholders. They're not doing it. That said, you're talking about a company that's going to pay at $8 billion in dividend, buck eleven. That yield is not far off from where right no. now Verizon well, I'm sure is they in would terms tell of a dividend you know, yield. This is, if you had no, uh, nothing to do with the company, this is a very attractive idea. And I, but I think that, you know, Hans Vestberg's made that same comment on Mad Money. Uh, but I'm looking at, uh, uh, I'm looking at, uh, I don't see the growth. 
That's the key question. If you're going to, you know, if you're doing all this because you are fashioning the company more as a, a grower right. or in this 5G world, are you going to actually be able to get that growth? And there were some questions as to the quality of free cash flow last week oh. during the conference call as well. And those are the decisions that investors are going to have to make. By the way, a few months away from these two companies completing that split. Discovery, 1.7 billion new shares. Billion. Yeah. With a B. Uh, no room. There's no room for that. Yeah, you can back into an effective, you know how much, what Discovery's market cap is. You can add 2.4 billion shares times that it's current just, market find it's just times a, that value. It's as disappointing as Carol Tomei giving you a 49% increase. is exhilarating. It's just disappointing. It's okay. I mean, Mahomes throwing into double coverage. Disappointing. Uh, Jim, we'll talk more about that in a bit. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Bunch of names to get to, including NXP, AMC, Pulte Home, and some upgrades today of Hog, Workday, Wells. Don't go anywhere. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. UPS going to lead the S&P gainers this morning. If you missed it, revenue up 11.5 beats. Average revenue per package up 11. Guides above revenue for the year. Uh, guides margins higher than last year, even with all the cost pressures we talk about. Uh, we'll watch that and get the opening bell in just over five minutes. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's get to a mad dash before we get to an opening bell. Uh, a little less than three minutes from now. Uh, Alphabet's going to report after the bell. Right. We often talk about the expensive nature of a lot of software companies. This is not. Sells it, this sells it 25 times earnings. Uh, it could grow. Search is going to be great. This is a key bank piece. The capital intensity requirements for AI are big. Uh, but they, they do think that you're going to see YouTube and Maps make a lot of money. I think this misses the point, though. I think this is the Google Cloud breakout. Thomas Curian. You do. I think that they have enough equipment to make it a breakout. Because they uh, are talking- a distant third player in the cloud behind, obviously, AWS Completely. and Azure. Completely with, what, a 6% true. market share versus if, the other two is much they, more dominant? You know, if they could go to seven, it would be monumental. But yeah. uh, remember, there were all these issues about how strong Azure was. It was very strong. Yes. But, Dave, what I think about interesting is that you can have a sum of the parts valuation, which is in, well, an ex- well uh, ahead of where this thing is worth. You could have it as an earnings per share. You could have it as a buyback situation with $142 billion in cash. So before we get I – mean, uh, Becky was asking me earlier uh, – do you think this whole move could be a bit of a bubble? I think this is a company that makes things and makes a fortune. And for somehow this 
The multiple has shrunk here so much, even as search is doing incredibly well. Incredibly well. So I not just remind mention, people. Not to mention YouTube, which has a annual revenue uh, that is very similar to Netflix's. Just about That's a half amazing. a billion. I mean, the same size as Netflix. Well, I just, still, if you put right. that kind of multiple on YouTube, I think you'd end up with a far higher number. Well, I think their conference call is now a thing of beauty. Uh, you have a, a Ruth Porat really laying things out. I wish Waymo were doing, but it's so hard to do autonomous. But if you want to have, if you want to buy a Fang stock, which has which has the low, well, believe it or not, <laughs> Meta's got a low multiple too. But this this seems like for tonight, it could be it, everything's set up for it to be good. Yeah. Bernstein last week said the Q4 print looks safe, uh, but lower margins ahead. They're going to ramp yes. hiring. Yes. They're going to spend on AR and VR. And that's what they say. They have to. The hiring issue is really big out there, and uh, they bid. They bid against each other because there's a limited pool of talent. But let's not forget, smart people out of every school in the country apply there, and they apply at Meta. David, Meta's had no cessation. Really, none. Really, none. Although um, seven rounds still, you have to go through seven rounds. That's what Goldman used to do. Now I think you go over to Goldman and they say, yeah, but can you put a suit on your gun? No, you don't have to put a suit on him. Solomon got a nice bump, but the stock didn't do as well. I think it was uh, a Times piece, uh, is it today, as Facebook changes into meta, there's people being reclassified. You got to maybe apply for your job again. That's been frustrating for some. I have enough sources at Facebook, meta, to say that there's still tons of people who are very grateful to have a job there because they pay a lot. It's exciting. David, it used to be that you went to, what are you talking about? Payment? E.F. Hutton. E.F. Hutton. used to be going to E.F. Hutton. Now you go to Meta. You have to explain no, I, to people true. what you're I doing. I just am surprised to hear that based on all of the this. different issues that Facebook no. slash Meta has had. It's just still very um, hard to I mean, get It wasn't a job. that long ago. In Seven terms of the interviews, David. Congressional hearings and the questions as to. Ain't you ever heard of Joe Rogan? Yeah. Well, took the heat off of Mark Zuckerberg. I guess it did, but I'm right. just surprised to hear that there's still the same right, look, level of, of enthusiasm there, amongst potential it, candidates for jobs there. But hey, maybe so. Look, maybe these so. are very high paid jobs. Yes. With some really smart people. And you work at home. You can. You can work at home or, or work in their beautiful offices that they continue yeah. to, to uh, lease. Not use. Yeah. Yeah. No. But anyway, I just pointed out that there's been no cessation. And I think that's kind of, they're not mercenaries. It's just, it's an exciting place to work. Yep. We're going to find out Google tonight, of course, Meta later in the week. Roughly a flat open here, uh, 45, uh, 14. Although all-time high on UPS, Jim. Uh, at 225, that's going to help the transports this morning. Jeez, she's so good, and it, you know, FedEx had a decent quarter too. Uh, but I started, I was starting to think that that uh, Mr. Smith wasn't as good as his son, the coach of the Falcons. Mm-hmm. But then the Falcons folded. I, I happen to like uh, what Tomei said when she came in was that we're all things to all people, and we have to stop that. And I think a lot of people felt, one, you couldn't do it. And two, could you really make any money with small, medium-sized businesses? They are. Uh, it will be a great conference. Oh, it's a great conference call. I-, I happen to think that the rigor with which she approached things shocked people because everyone was used to saying that United Parcel just, they're everybody. You just use it. No. No, you're not going to use them and not make money. Anyway, very exciting story. 
Excited. Um, yesterday, of course, filled with news over the in the gaming industry as Sony uh, buys Bungie for three point six billion. Bungie was kind Halo. of a, they had a cat. They're like cats and dogs that people like it. Yes. But uh, can you believe the the commotion about Wordly? The commotion. They, you know, uh, I, wor- I, Wordle. 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 I got the call. Look, I've been playing this Wordle with my my wife ever since Jimmy Fallon said you got to play Wordle. I find it incredibly captivating, but I wonder whether it is in some sort of fad. So they pay low seven figures for it, but they paid $550 million for the Athletic, which is just, I don't know, David, the Athletic. That was a lot of money for the they Athletic. They paid versus yeah. Wordle. I mean, that yeah, guy said he was not, never going to sell. Is, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. What there are people who do spoiler alerts on Wordle, you know. Yeah. Um, by the way, talking about gaming a minute there, it is worth right. mentioning that Bloomberg is reporting that um, the FTC is going to be the regulator of question in terms of reviewing Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. That's a Bloomberg report. They're citing people familiar with the matter who say the FTC will uh, will be doing the antitrust review. Um, Activision shares up a bit. Uh, Now, well below the $95 a share cash deal in place. That's what we call the spread. Um, obviously, this deal may not may not close for a year and a half. It's possible. Will they review Wordle? And then a lot of questions as to what the FTC is going to try to do here. Are, are whether they, they can review Wordle? I'm not worried about Wordle. No? no. Some concessions, you get it done. Yeah, okay. they'll get it done. Yeah, like you have to have six. Yeah, they don't need to worry about Wordle. <laughs> right, you can't just do five. You have to have six. This deal, however, as we can see from the performance of the stock price since it was announced, there is a lot of concern that the FTC, regardless of whether it has a real case to make, is going to make it or try to make it. Uh, oh. Lena Khan, obviously, who was a guest a couple of weeks ago in that interview with uh, Kara Fier- Swisher and Andrew Fierson. Sorkin. Fearsome. You know, yeah. I don't know. She is. I mean, I just find that their deals, like I was uh, working on Stanley Black and Decker. Okay? Yes. Now that's down today. They talk about the supply chain, but you know that was a combination that was so unbelievable. And was it anti-competitive? I don't know. It was just kind of unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Constellation buying Medellin. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, you want to buy an anti-competitive deal if you can. Well, that's why it, the, it's going to work out well the, if it gets through. When, so. the, when they let, let all the can companies combine, and then the price of the can went up big, why was that a shocker? Right. How about when the airlines all combine? I mean, is it, so I understand that she's coming in with a. We had pretty much lazy fair attitude toward everything antitrust, with the exception of Nvidia. Uh, yes, well, ARM, but uh, that has changed. But again, how much has changed, and whether you can actually rely on the law right. to effectively make your case to block it, or whether even just the prospect of blo- trying to block a deal will be enough to get the buyer to say we're done. Could she have it, saved ATT questions. by blocking every deal? Well, they they tried to block the AT and T Warner deal. Remember that was her that was her predecessor. Well, that was the DOJ. Anyway, we're joking about it, but I do think that 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 making Del Rahim. But I uh, I do think that the fact that that uh, that Activision Blizzard is going to get a big review in what I regard as being one of the most broad markets. Look at the. I mean, Halo is not owned by Microsoft anymore and has great attraction to people. That that market is so competitive. Gaming is market. it going to be in the metaverse too? Very competitive. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget the metaverse, industrial metaverse is for real. Okay, that's what you have to keep coming back. Yeah. You want that BMW plant, and then you want to make a twin plant, so you don't have to shut down the assembly line, and you can figure out how to cut thirty percent of the waste. Sure, it's Nvidia. 
Now, NVIDIA was, you know, I own it for the club. Suddenly, I'm getting these angry emails about NVIDIA. It's been like the greatest pick I've ever had. Yes. It doesn't matter because when you no. say, when you're consistent, if this is what the problem is with owning Apple. Like, you know, you'll, you'll be consistent saying, own Apple, don't trade it. And then Apple dropped 15 points. You're the biggest bum in the world from the person who bought it up 15. Now, there's a excellent piece this morning by Morgan Stanley, yep. Katie Huberty, of why Apple is going to have a sustainable, sustainable run here. I think it's interesting. Uh, speaking of chips, uh, we do have AMD tonight. Uh, we'll see what they say in the wake of NXPI. 320 beats 299, revenue ahead, uh, 50% div hike, $2 billion buyback. Mm-hmm. The, the, actually, Jim, the buyback trend is getting some notice this morning. It sure We're is. almost back to pre COVID trends on corporate buybacks as these windows open up, and we're doing basically 2x of January a year ago. Well, uh, Stanley Black & Decker's doing a $4 billion buyback that's got to be done by the end of 2022. Stock's down five. Are like, you kidding me? I mean, geez, you're, all you're going to be doing is selling into the buyback. Now, NXP did have a run. It was up 17 in after hours. They are auto. Uh, I think that we're seeing this a very interesting scene this morning. Everything was up big, like take AMD. Stock was up two. NVIDIA was up seven. And like, there's no reason for these things. Who comes in and buys these things like this? It's not the machines, David. Yeah, it right? is. It's the, mach- the momentum is the key driver but, but of, the, of, the, of the quants. But at 8 o'clock, what do they do at 7 o'clock? I know Robin would want to do extend they, hours. They go momentum either way. Broadcom has a nice piece today about how it's the cheapest because it's got 3% yield, it's, really big cash flow. Right. Uh, so, Intel, I have nothing positive to say about You, you have nothing positive to say about it. Really? Nothing. Other than the fact that every time they talk, they knock down the whole group. Because about, they're ahead of everybody. How about AT&T? you have anything positive to say about them? As it's down about 4.7% on Do this news, of course, that we've shared with you about, this morning. About AT&T? Yeah. Absolutely not. Okay. Just wanted to make sure things haven't changed. How's Jason Kalar? He was always really smart fellow. Uh, he was on last week. Smart fellow. Yeah, I'm not sure he's, I don't know what he's going to do not once sure this deal closes. Anymore. Yeah, I know. Like, no, what's he's he going to go do? He's uh, gonna well, I'll go make a lot of money. Go find a job. That's what he'll do. Yeah. Like a lot of people have to. Do you know there's only one stock that has come public that has still, that has maintained the momentum, other than Endeavor, which we work for, is the Dutch Bros. <laughs> the Dutch Bros may be the most, honestly, David. Yeah. If you had to add, you know, what is like the Groucho Marx name here? It's the Dutch Bros. But the Dutch bros have 400 stores, and they can put in 2,000 because they're a play on parking lots. Right. Parking lots. With the exception of Christmas, parking lots are open. They're empty. They're empty. So you put can't in. We, can't we reclaim the land and maybe, what, no, it's, you know, it's brownfield. make, make brown, this brown, put up brown. trees? No, we're just, I'm saying this is the no, stock. This is the stock. Younger people should be buying the Dutch bros. They should. Younger people. Young, well, people who are on the journey versus, say, Starbucks, which reports tomorrow and maybe further along on the journey. I feel like you're a, kind of a little concerned about Starbucks. I don't well, know. So you know, I'm, I'm curious. We'll obviously be curious to see how well, business has been in China, which we've talked about a lot. The lockdowns continue there. Well, it obviously, it's like a country of 1.4 billion people, so there are plenty who are going about their business. But right. there are major cities that are well, not just, allowing anybody to really go out. Well, when I listen to Eunice Yu, who is unbelievable and is probably the bravest person currently in journalism, I mean, I don't know whether I want to be in line at a Starbucks. If they take, if they, if you have to report that you bought cough medicine at their equivalent of a Walgreens, don't you think Starbucks could be a gathering place where someone might say, hey, listen, I don't. And as far as cost pressures go, we got a couple more stores expressing interest in unionization. And I don't know if you saw last night, uh, Domino's 
will now pay you to pick up your own pizza because the driver shortage is becoming so acute. That's why we need the autonomous so badly. Stanley Black & Decker's going to have a semi-autonomous mower, but the future is in autonomous mowing. Yeah. The future is kind of autonomous like mowing. Like right now, if we were to graduate, autonomous mowing, autonomous son. Mowing. Autonomous mowing. Autonomous yeah, okay. everything. Autonomous. Jeer's got autonomous. How about autonomous shoveling snow. Can anybody autonomously yeah. do that for me? Lisa shovel, because you can't get anybody to shovel. Well, the kills your back. Got to be so careful. I, that's why I don't go. It's also oh. the bleeding cause of heart attacks. So let me just uh, make sure I understand. Your wife is, does the shoveling. Yeah. Okay. Why would I do the shoveling? I, I don't. Just wanted to make sure Can I understood. You? So she's out there shoveling the snow. Sure, she got one of those. Cutting through like, the ice. But she got one of these snow blowers that just doesn't really, just blows it into the other guys. And we're friends with our neighbors. So she had to stop that. And she was actually just shoveling. I watched the whole thing and I even filmed some of it. Oh, do you cheer her on? No. Way to go. No, it's just a good one. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm ATT when it comes to shoveling. That's a new term. It's a new term. Yeah. Quick reminder here, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or just use the QR code on the screen. It'll take you straight there. As we go to break, time for the bond report as we got even more commentary from uh, Harker, Daily, Bostic over the last 24 hours. Uh, but yields have been pretty steady here, uh, not reflecting at all the volatility in equities last couple of weeks. Take a look at that. Also, Tom Brady on Instagram announcing his retirement. Maybe we'll... <laughs> Talk about that in a bit. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here with some live breaking news. We're looking for the current read, the January final read for market manufacturing PMI. Expecting that the mid-month read at 55.0 holes, and the number is 55.5. So it did move a bit higher. That now replaces the mid-month read at 55. And it is the weakest read, actually. The weakest read, final weakest read, going all the way back to October of 2020. Of October of 2020, when it was 53.4. So obviously it was the lowest level for all of 2021. And it really does underscore that there are many headwinds facing the U.S. and global economy that may abate a bit due to supply issues, but it's hard to distinguish. And of course, in many ways, the good side, the manufacturing side, is going to most likely suffer anyway because services hopefully will make up for some lost ground where goods, solid manufacturing objects, were more in vogue during lockdowns and pandemic. If we consider that we have the ISMs coming up at top of the hour, we'll be able to make some good comparisons and Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. Just hours after saying he hadn't made a decision, Tom Brady taking to Instagram and Twitter a few moments ago to officially announce his retirement. Says that football is an all-in proposition. Says this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. Uh, 22 years, 10 Super Bowls, 7 victories. We will look back, those of us who got to see him multiple times, and be proud that we saw the GOAT. Was I mean, by the way, coming off an incredible season, obviously not ending in the Super Bowl, but what, 44 touchdown passes? I mean, it's, it's amazing. Had, had a, you know, one of his best seasons, which is not a bad way to go out. The Bucks were 800 to win next year's Super Bowl, fourth best behind the Bills, Chiefs, Rams. Now it's dropped to outside the top 12. 
just now. What are you doing? I mean, until they get Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Oh wow, yeah. he's moody. <laughs> Too moody for he's me. He's moody. He is. He's a moody person. Yeah. Some already comment people commentating on the clock running on Garoppolo's tenure with the Niner. Who knows? This opens up a lot of possibilities. Well, at least no one's saying that Mahomes. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, this is a very. It is interesting that football's numbers. We should never forget. In many ways, football has resuscitated uh, media. And why, I mean, I was with someone who's one of the a prominent advertisers and pouring the money in. And then I was with another person last week, prominent advertiser, saying this is going to be the event where we catch people's eyes. We are underreporting the success of the NFL as a way to reach people. Yeah, we, we talked to Drew Rosenhaus yesterday how the product's probably better now than it has been in 50 years. Yeah. In how many years? I don't know, 50, I think, is what Drew well, said. Well, I've been underreporting it because I've, I've not talked about it on MAD. I've just been marveling the, the national nature well, of it. It's the only way that the networks aggregate eyeballs anymore, right? It's the, well, it's, it's yeah. the top 9 out of the 10 well, or 19 out of the top 20 viewed shows are well, NFL well, games. I keep telling people in this business that you, if you do fantasy, people watch to the end of the game. You need to know the fourth well, quarter. Well, also betting. I used to say that to Bob. To, prevalent. To Bob Iger. I said, Bob, listen, there's this thing. This was 15 years ago. This thing called fantasy. He, he, he's a fantasy player. But, but um, I was saying, look, one day people are going to watch garbage time at the end. He said, ah, I don't know. But it's true. There'll be a game where you're, you know, the greatest game in the world is when you have someone going and your team's down by three touchdowns and you have a wide receiver. That is it. And, and fantasy mattered. I am actually thinking about saying tonight that DraftKings is bottomed. Interesting. I mean, the thinking for years was that baseball was going to be key because you want game frequency. Yes. But it's been no match. Oh, God. But I was in a big, I was one with, with Eddie Lambert. I was in one. And I, it was all consuming. You were, like, Wednesday was the trade deadline. And you said, you know, we were at Goldman. And I like, you didn't do any work on Wednesday. Because of the trade deadline. Because because baseball fantasy is a nightmare. Yeah. Football's perfect. What? Nobody watches baseball anymore. No, they don't. No. Just, I mean, I'll go. I'll go to the park. But to watch an entire game on television? No. <laughs> no. Let's beat the traffic. My father was like, let's beat the traffic. It was like the fifth <laughs> inning. Yeah, let's beat the traffic. And I love baseball. It doesn't matter what you yeah, baseball. Cares. <laughs> ah, whatever. You but care. you can bet on it now. You can bet on everything. You can I, probably bet on every pitch. Yep. Well, well, the Brady news is going to, it's helpful on a day where we pretty, markets are pretty stable here, not far from the opening levels, uh, down about four on the S&P. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Stability is good. Two to one advancing to declining stocks, finally out of January. And we have cyclicals leading the way, value-oriented sectors. So just take a look here. We got industrial stocks up today, material stocks up today, bank stocks doing a little bit better, energy, which has been far and away the market leader so far. Tech's lagging. We got uh, Salesforce, got Microsoft, got Apple lagging, uh, dragging the down down a little bit. But overall, not bad start to February. We've talked a lot about the dividend story. Talked about it all last week. And again today, it's shining again. Look what happened today. We saw UPS uh, raising the dividend uh, 49%. Uh, we've had a number of companies increase the dividend, as you see in the last few days. Here's Halifax. Burton, Lennar, Wells Fargo. Uh, today, UPS raised the dividend 49%. They've got a 3% yield right now. UBS raised the dividend, said they're going to raise the dividend uh, to 50 cents from 37, uh, 37 cents. That's almost a 3% 
dividend. Uh, Sirius announced a, a special dividend uh, on top of that. So dividends are a hot topic now. And the reason is, if you're only expecting mid-single-digit returns, not 20% returns, 2 or 3% dividend matters a lot in terms of total returns. So look what's been going on here. The current dividend yield on the S&P, about 1.4%. It's, it's going to be a tad lower here. And you can see again here the dividend increases that were announced in the last few days. But put up the dividends growing. Dividend yield here, 1.4% now in the S&P. It's going to be a tad lower today once you account for the AT&T story. But AT&T is an anomaly. It we used to be very rare to see a, a company with a 3% or more dividend. That that's now very common. 80 companies in the S&P 500 pay a dividend yield north of 3%. 28, uh, 28 companies pay a dividend yield north of 4%. Now, why is it happening? Well, it's happening partly because corporate America is flush with cash right now. The cash flows are titanic. Uh, look, did you see what ExxonMobil was reporting? They're covering the dividend and they're doing a capital expenditures all from the increased cash flow that they've been seeing. We've had we are going to see record dividend payouts in 2022 in terms of a dollar value. Uh, we're going to see record buybacks. We could do north of 800 billion in buybacks easily and into 900 billion. Uh, it's early on, but they're going to be records uh, once again. So this is all due to the cash flow that's going on. Uh, and we're also seeing companies outperform that are dividend payers. This doesn't happen very often. Traditionally, you get these uh, dividend payers, they tend to be value companies, utilities and energy stocks and telecom. They outperform. The Spider Dividend ETF, which is a basket of companies that keep increasing their dividend, was only down 2% in January. The S&P was down about 5%. So that's a pretty good relative outperformance and a good month overall for them. Finally, we're in February, and a lot of people like to talk about seasonal factors. So here's the story. It's, February is considered the weak link. That's a phrase the Stock Traders Almanac. Uh, popularized years ago, because if you look for the beginning of the year, January is traditionally up, February, March and April are only up a little bit. The problem here, Carl, is that this doesn't work very well. If you look at as goes January, so goes the year, these seasonal indicators, well, it hasn't worked the last two years, 2020, 2021, down years for January, up years for the market, and it's only been right 50% in the last 10 years. So be careful, folks, when you're talking about these seasonal indicators. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks so much, Bob Pisani. Jim, what's tonight? I've got Brunswick on. This is a company that's just firing all cylinders and stock can't get out of its own way. Part of the problem with this market. Uh, we did get an upgrade of Hog over at uh, Morgan yes. Stanley. I was covering it short. A very good call. Yeah. But there are, uh, Rob's report was great. I'm going to focus on that tonight, too. Because of Carol Tomei and her excellent number. Yeah. Uh, UPS all-time yeah. high. We'll see you at 6. Uh, Mad Money Thank with you. Jim Cramer. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.